0: Welcome to Geeks Corner. I'm Mr. Daps. I'm Katie. And tonight we are joined by my good friend, Mr. <laughs> the Visioneer himself. Doug. Hello there. <laughs> hello, hello.
1: Yay, Doug. Always happy
0: yes, yes. to have you here. If you, uh, what should people do, Katie?
1: Uh, you should go to geekscorner.live if you, that is not already where you are watching. Um, or if you're watching on YouTube, just participate in the chat. We can see a nice little fun. Chat box.
0: Yes, we can see what you're saying and we will try to respond. Yeah. Um, but tonight, the main focus, and it actually turned out to be, I think, completely appropriate to have it this week as opposed to last week, is WandaVision because we got to see assembled the making of WandaVision over the weekend. I think all three of us watched that. Um, and oh, yes, <laughs> yeah, I texted, I think about it. <laughs> and, um, but uh, for the last, what has this been, 10 weeks now? Yeah. WandaVision has been nine weeks because they had the first two episodes at the same time now that I think about it. Um, but WandaVision has been a central part of what we've been discussing off of the air and not quite as much on the air, um, mainly because we didn't have Doug here all the time. <laughs> but uh, Doug has been the, I'm going to call him our WandaVision expert. Definitely. Not just on the screen. but call me the WandaVisionary. Visionary. Visionary. Go. That is so much better. I, I love good. that.
2: Yes, 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 yes. There you go. There you go.
0: Yes. So our, our Wanda visionary, Doug, um, started things off from, from week one saying, hey, I got this cool idea for an article about where things have been filmed. Um, we'll get into some of that. Before we get into that really quick, I want from everybody, we've now seen all of this, this show. Mm-hmm. We've got much more context about Wanda and Vision, all of this stuff. How do you feel and what did you think about this show now that it's over? And of course, ladies first.
1: Thank you. Um, I thought it was a beautiful show. Um, I really like how they tackled grief. Um, I think they did it in a very good way that Marvel has never tackled such complex emotions. Um, normally it's just the heroes win and they're happy or the heroes lose and they're sad. Um, or in Endgame, they didn't know what to do. So they just made a joke out of Thor. Um I think they tackled a very complex issue very well. I thought the storytelling was beautiful. Um, Overall, I was thrilled with the series, and I'm very excited to see what it was setting up for Multiverse of Madness.
0: Good answer. All right, Doug, what did you think?
2: I have to agree with you. Uh, One of the things that uh, that, uh, I was frankly concerned about is um, is a, a lot of times Wanda in the comic books was treated as a woman who is dare i say crazy with grief uh. and that the idea that a powerful woman can't handle all that power so she's emotionally unstable and she makes all kinds of terrible accidents and mistakes and then it makes her feel all the more grief filled and grief stricken and and it was a, it was a trope that you know in the 60s and 70s made sense to a lot of men who were writing comics <laughs> and I thought that they handled that whole aspect of Wanda, that yes, her grief did cause her to create this, you know, the, the anomaly, uh, the Maximoff anomaly, or the hex, which is a much more elegant name, quite frankly, <laughs> uh, yeah. but, uh, but that, they, that they did not go there, and especially when they gave her that line, I don't need you to tell me who I am. Yeah, that she knows who she is and she can be a powerful woman who does not have to be uh, constantly tripped up by, you know, women are too emotional to be powerful. (laughs) She was not tripped up by that.
0: Oh, you're totally right. And um, I was actually thinking, too, that the process of her going through the grief (laughs) actually made her, I think, one of the most relatable Marvel heroes that we've had to date um, because everybody's had some sort of grief in their life at one point or another. And I really found myself um, just being like, this is the most relatable character I've seen on the screen from from Marvel. And I loved that uh, that we kind of got to go through the process together with her. and And it wasn't a they didn't make it a comic book i mean you're you're absolutely right they didn't trivialize it it was like hey we're gonna go through this and it's not gonna be pretty and it's not gonna be perfect and it's not gonna be you know superman coming to save the day yes i know i just switched
2: uh companies there <laughs> yeah
0: but i Wrong did that studio i know i know <laughs> disney hasn't bought them yet um but um, yeah, it's but like, hey, you know we started Geeks Corner because Disney didn't own Marvel and Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's that's
2: true. Now that you mention it, well, no, so and, and also interesting dogs. is and it now not it
0: might happen. <laughs> interesting
2: is it not that that typically you see the men up yep. fighting each other and battling, and the women talking it over and coming to a consensus. And the climactic scenes in this were. Vision and white vision, calmly (laughs) talking it over in a library and coming to a consensus while Wanda and Agnes Agatha are up in the clouds pummeling each other and having the big epic battle scene. So that was another really
0: interesting switch. And it was so engaging to watch.
1: I also Mm. think that Agatha is one of the MCU's most compelling villains. Um,
2: But is she a villain? That we don't know yet (laughs)
1: antagonist not villain yeah
2: yeah within the mcu it is it is an interesting thing that agatha appeared to be positioned as a pretty straightforward big bad villain whereas in the comic books you know she has a very long history with wanda and in if anything she's a teacher mentor occasional antagonist but, uh, and I was wondering, okay, now they're not gonna kill her off, are they? Because they have been known to do this. Right, before, right. Before. And, uh, but, but the way that they did that at the end where Agnes, uh, Agatha says, you're gonna need me. And Wanda just smiles and says, well, I'll know where to find you. And I thought, oh, perfect. That yeah. means they can easily bring her back in the role of her quote unquote teacher mentor, uh and and she can either be working with her or working against her so they, they've left it a, a really marvelous open door there
0: one well, it's quite possible to be both <laughs> uh, yes, yes yes i mean i think that's what makes that relationship ship so interesting is you can literally make it this you know you kind of need each other but that doesn't mean you're always on the same side and that's okay. that's I think one of the most intriguing parts of that character all through the show and and moving on beyond Um, one of the other intriguing parts was something that you really got into is the different eras of WandaVision as we went through. And Mm -hmm. so one of the, the fun articles that you wrote was talking about how um, it pulled from different TV shows through the years Um, Mm -hmm. before we talk too much about that. I'm very curious from each of you, what was your favorite era Cause I actually think we might have three completely different answers. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, what was your favorite era of WandaVision? If you don't want to go first, Katie, you don't have to, but if you don't, then I'm going to make Doug, <laughs> uh, make Doug. Okay. Doug, what was your favorite era? <laughs> uh, in
2: terms of the way they handled it in WandaVision, I was really totally blown away by the 1970s episode three. Yeah. Uh, probably my least favorite era of sitcoms, and probably one of the world's weirdest sitcoms ever, The Brady Bunch. Uh, it's the only sitcom that in which they basically never told jokes. They, they, they said all sorts of strange disjointed things to each other, and then the laugh track laughed. And they oh, yeah. captured that so beautifully in WandaVision. And the the bizarre superficial look of the show, that highly artificial and the way they started out on the back lot, and then they slowly moved it onto to a sound stage until you reached a point where everything was artificial. Because I don't know if you knew this, but the Brady Bunch uh, other than a couple of very special episodes, yeah. never shot on location. The house, the backyard, the front yard, everything was on sound stages. Yeah. And, and I noted that in the article. And, and one of the funnier things in it was at the very beginning of the episode, right after the theme song, they played a little musical stinger and they showed the outside of the house. And it was the world's longest musical stinger, a little bouncy little tune establishing it. They used to do that on the Brady Bunch all the time. And according to people who worked on the show, it was because the scripts were always coming up short. <laughs> and so <laughs> they would have these long static shots of like the outside of the house or an object on the bed or something and play a little music over it. And And I just thought it was funny that they did that. So I, in terms of capturing the, the, the absolute superficial weirdness of it, episode three, the seventies. Cool.
0: Katie.
1: I'm stuck between the 2000s and the 2010s. Wow. <laughs> um. <laughs> 50s was also very up there but I was like which ones um I think I'm gonna go with 2000s because the Halloween episode was just so good um I liked the aesthetic of it I felt like I felt what they did very very well with all of the decades was they played like you were saying the musical stingers and the background music and the scene changes all of that they captured very very well um true to the sitcoms um, it's very i wasn't a big malcolm in the middle person nor have i ever watched modern family um, but i really i think i just really loved the halloween episode like i think that, that might be what's doing it for me but okay yeah okay uh,
0: <laughs> that's that's fair um i i definitely was in that 50s and 60s range um no surprise there um i think Tweaking, leaning a little bit towards the fifties, but uh, I, I just really liked how they recreated the shows I would watch with my grandparents and parents as a kid, and um, I think Nickelodeon had a lot of those shows when I was growing up, and so it was just a very like easy to connect, and it's like, oh well, I could fit in there too because I dress that way. Um, <laughs> but hey, I actually hey, had a I thought the other day. I have a picture of Doug and I in front of Small World like a year ago, I think, maybe a little bit more. I think it was before Magic Happens. And uh, we were, or was it a dapper day? It was a dapper day. It was dapper, it was a dapper day. day. That's what it, but we were both dressed up, and we would have totally fit into... Um, <laughs> we, we had the look. We had the right era. It was perfect. And I just loved the music, too, which I think is something we should talk about real quick, is I loved what they did with the different themes that were all interconnected through the entire show and um, i don't know if we didn't actually write anything about this i just they acknowledged it on the uh the assembled and i was like they i loved that they did that um did you have like did the theme songs relate to where you liked the show the best did you catch the connections like what did you guys think of the music Go ahead, well, we,
2: because of course I was looking at it in a very different way than a lot of people were. I immediately noted the motif, uh, the yep. da 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 da, that yep. motif. I noticed right away, and especially the open of episode two, which you know everybody says, "Oh, it's bewitched, it's bewitched," because the animated opening is so much like bewitched. The theme song itself, I felt, was far more like Hugo Montenegro and I Dream of Genie. Oh, I agree uh, completely. But, uh, yeah, because that 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 peppy bouncy—I don't know if you've seen—but uh, in some places it's called the the Wanda Samba, oh, <laughs> I've seen God, it, seen to, as the Wanda Samba, and so uh, and also the the fact that they did uh, instead of random stars, it was the hex again around the moon. It was yep. exactly six points ding, 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 ding. And so, yes, I, I noticed that pretty much right away. And, I, and then I started listening for it every time
0: the new uh, mm-hmm. uh, theme song would come up, which was brilliant. I, I thought it was great. Did you want to say anything about the music,
1: Katie? Uh, 50s is probably one of my favorites. 60s get stuck in my head. It's um, yeah. the point where I do it at work. Um, hey, but right. <laughs> I do it at work. It's, it is. It gets it's stuck really in bad. head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I also think they just did a really fantastic job of pulling from other sitcoms. The 2010s is almost an exact—it's uh, not a replica, but it—you immediately know that it's The Office. Yeah, it was. But it's Wandavision.
2: Although a lot of people point out it's Happy Endings, and but it's a show. Happy Endings was a show I had never even heard of. <laughs> And then when people, there's, there's, a, there's a really amazing thing on YouTube. Someone actually put Happy Endings open and WandaVision, that episode open side by side and played the music at the same time and they compliment each other. Perfectly. Huh. Oh, that's creepy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's oh it's it's very, very creepy.
1: Well, uh, very much the so. Anderson Lopez's are ridiculously oh, talented.
2: Ridiculously talented. And I yeah. can't, can't tell you how excited I was during that animated opening for episode two. When as I was looking at something, I suddenly realized they had Agnes literally standing in front of the house from Bewitched in the stylized animated opening. Because I was I was watching it again, because I I had, had a tendency to look at it incessantly. And I suddenly said, oh, that's cute. They have Dottie and Phil standing in front of their house. And then there's Herb. And then <gasps> Agnes is standing in front of the bewitched house, holding Miss Senior Scratchy in her arms. Did, did you did you ever hear why why Agatha carries a black cat always with her? Mm-hmm. Ebony, the black cat. <laughs> did you ever hear the story of why, why it's Senior Scratchy? No. Because cats are notoriously hard to train and misbehave <laughs> on the set. So they gave her a rabbit.
0: That is that is brilliant.
1: <laughs> that, I love that.
2: I, I don't know if it's true, but that was one of the things that went out was that uh, they, they didn't want to have to deal with a cat.
1: That's fair. Because
2: they had enough to deal with.
0: <laughs> I think that's, well, and you think of how quickly they had to do all of this. Um, when you think of Assembled, and they say they completely turn things over or turn things around overnight.
1: Yeah, I,
2: I'm I thinking
0: there had to be like two giant cargo
2: containers, just offset. And I've 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 done a lot of of productions where we had to change things over really fast. And what happens is, as soon as shooting is done for the night. They turn on flood lamps, and the night crew yeah. comes sweeping in, and they just they you know they tear down, they put up. You have all your props and more props than you need ready to reset dress. And uh, what what amazed me in watching the making of is how many things we did not get to see. For example, right? the drugstore that you see her walking into mm-hmm. in the last ad for Nexus. Yes, that drugstore that drugstore is in downtown Westview. If you look closely, you will see that drugstore in downtown Westview in one of the behind the scenes things, but I sure didn't see it in the program. (laughs) So, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, and and there and there's quite a few things like that. So, yeah, they did an and amazing there job. And some takes it looked like that they showed in the, the Assembled that weren't exactly what we saw in the show. And oh. that wasn't a huge surprise, but there was one of them with Agatha even. Where I was like, I kind of wish they used that one, because mm-hmm. I don't remember what it is at the moment. But Don't you know that Catherine Hahn had to have done
2: some amazing ad-libbing on the set? Oh, and yeah. And how much material that they couldn't use that I'm sure they were saying, oh, I wish we could use this.
1: Yeah. Right? I do not doubt it because Catherine Hahn is insanely talented.
0: Um, One of the things as you were talking about the set in different areas that they didn't use is you did a fantastic job of going through the town and and saying this is where this is. This is where that is. And then also uh, later on, you went back and you showed the progress of the town, which as they were showing the assembled thing, you caught one. One was it Wentworth's where there was something that was still left up or something? Uh,
2: when 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 the when you first see the hex in episode eight, when Wanda is revisiting yes. all the events and it sweeps over the town, changing it from dreary present to sparkly 1950s black and white, uh, Westview for Wanda, Wentworth's department store does not have its huge, uh, aluminum steel facade on it. Uh, It does in every other shot, but not in the shot where it sweeps across. Also, this is how geekish I am. It still just irritates me when I watch that beautiful sequence where Wanda and Vision are in the living room. They've tucked the kids in for the night. And you see the hex sweeping over and sweeping over. And you know it's getting closer and closer. And then as it moves up Blondie Street, that is the actual name of the street, it's called Sherwood Lane, and I think that's a tribute to Sherwood Schwartz for some reason, the creator of Brady huh. uh, okay. Bench. when it moves up Sherwood Lane, it moves in reverse. I noticed that too, actually. You did, yes. It goes from yeah. Agnes's house past the the middle house and sweeps backwards. And I, I thought, how well, that uh, happen? How did <laughs> that happen? But it it shows it off better than if they had done it in the other direction.
0: You know, I I went the Star Trek route with it, and they had a movie called Generations, and they had that thing called The Nexus. And you remember how it moved? And I was like, maybe when it's kind of moving in like that, it's like The Nexus, and it's just moving around. And so it undulates. Yes, yes. So that was my rationalization for it. (laughs)
2: Perfect. It's not a perfect six-sided barrier closing in. It
0: was at one point, but not like once it's closing, it's no longer the same. I don't know. Uh, that was the way I rationalized it in my head because I'm sure that's all I would have thought about otherwise. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I tend to get stuck focused on those kinds of things once in a while, and that's never so good. Um, so we we got to see a progression of the family. I think we should talk about, especially with the shirt you're wearing. Um, My tribute to their yeah. moment in town square. It's such a good moment. It's a great
2: moment. Oh, it was. It was a great moment.
0: How do you think this fits into the bigger MCU?
2: It. It is hard to say. I can tell you one way it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> if, if you want, <laughs> uh, one of the things I wanted to mention: the one fan base that is so cranky and so unhappy. With what happened in this show, are those X-Men fans.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs>
2: when uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> when Evan Peter <Singer laughs> showed up at the door and they all went into hyperdrive. Yep. <laughs> grabbing every clue, every Easter egg, every tiny thing that proved that 20th Century Fox's X-Men was now being pulled into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, despite the fact that the show is called WandaVision, not X-Men, and Quicksilver, yeah. and of course too. While they were looking at all these tiny little clues that they believed were littered through the show, they were not looking at the big obvious things they were saying. Ie, Wanda does not recognize him and does not know who he is. Wanda spends uh-huh. all this time trying to figure him out. Wanda flings him across town square when he says something so horrific that her twin brother with whom she has a psychic bond would never say. And then of course, during Agatha all the time, when we clearly see Agatha literally hexing him at the front door. Yep. Those things, well we'll just set those aside because I noticed <laughs> that when his sleeve was hanging <laughs> down next to that bookcase, it formed an X like you saw at you know it's like, no. Um, no.
1: I will I will say the funniest thing I saw is that Evan Peters just has a mom tattoo on his arm. He just has one. Um so somebody said, "Oh, he has a tattoo MOM Multiverse of Madness. Um X-Men confirmed." I was like Oh goodness!
2: That's just Evan
1: Peters' tattoo.
2: (laughs) And also, also, what I thought, what I was—two things that disappoint me in that. One is that in their bitterness, and I'm sorry, they're bitter in their bitterness that they said, "Oh, they just set him up for a crude joke at the end that his name is actually (laughs) Ralph Boehner." Yes, I assumed that it was a joke about the former Speaker of the House, John Boehner. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And, and then two, that they then began actively working against the success of the final episode by going on to sites, going to places like Rotten Tomatoes and giving it mm-hmm. bad reviews yeah. so that it would drive down the numbers and things. And I thought, you know, if there Didn't was work. a fan base that had a right to get angry, it was the uh, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans who had Emma Caulfield in this huge role in episode two, and then she's gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. Gone. <laughs> That was an interesting. I feel like there were lots of those in this show, though. They're like, hey, look over here, shiny object. And then they sneak in the truth on the left or whatever. And but I
1: was glad that they didn't take away from Wanda's story. Yeah. Because if they had brought in, if that is the way they had done X-Men, brought it into the MCU, it would have taken away from Wanda and her story of grief. Yep. exactly. And I'm glad and that they didn't.
2: It is WandaVision. I mean, we we have a very clear idea that Monica's character has been introduced here but they didn't make it a big revelation Mm -hmm. and and then of course the huge final episode cameo that wasn't and how many (laughs) things did you did hear what what it finally turned out why that was yeah because of paul making a few jokes in interviews saying oh i'm working with an actor i've never worked with before and i always wanted to of course yeah and it's himself (laughs) So, good for him. <laughs> yes, yeah, good for him. But he, even he said he was horrified when he saw that people were then going into hyperdrive. Saying, "Who is it going to be in the last episode?" Right. And 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 of course, it was
0: the cameo that that wasn't. <laughs> I I applaud him for it. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have done something like that, and I would have let it ride. I'd be if like, you know me. what? People might be upset, but I still love my paper dragon. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> any uh, any other top things that you want to hit on Wandavision before we start looking from the past to the future? One
2: one thing that was fun in creating all those stories. Yeah, was after I did the first one, and then and then worked on the second one. I uh, two things I never could find, and I really wanted to find the entrance to Westview, and the water tower. Yeah. And so I would start doing Google searches to look for them to see if somebody else had found them, and to see what kind of articles were coming up. And when my own story started coming up on the first page of the search, I felt <laughs> I felt a. I felt good about it, but I also felt annoyed because I said, "Look, I already know what's in there, and it's not. <laughs> it's not the answer." It's not there. So I, I would have really liked to have found those.
0: If we ever do, we can always update them. That's true. That's true. That's true. No, I, I agree with you. They were uh they were really fun to read and I usually read them a couple times through the process of it all. And uh and it was it was one of those things that I was almost looking forward to those as much as the episodes, just because it gave you so much more perspective into the making of these these episodes, I guess is a good way to say. And uh, so thank you for writing those. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Two things that made me happiest in the, in the, in
2: the documentary was when, uh, when he actually in the final episode was when vision said, it appears our dream home has become a fixer upper. I don't know if you noticed, but I consistently referred to Wanda's house as her dream home. And then when she said to Agatha, your, your role will always be the nosy neighbor. And I love that because I had very definitively said, here is the classic nosy neighbor. So that made it me was, yeah,
0: you, you called that, I think your first article.
2: Yeah. She, well, she was, of course, she was a paradigm. She was yeah. the, yeah, the, yeah. the paradigm.
0: That was, yeah, it was wonderful. So, yeah. Uh, I think we all give two thumbs up to WandaVision. Um, We'll see what happens with the future of Wanda with that really cool end scene. Um, But we have also this Friday, Friday, right? This Friday. Oh my. Mm -hmm. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be coming on to Disney Plus this Friday. So we're not gonna be short on Marvel content. And um, we got a really cool trailer this last week about this. and. I generally have the opinion that most trailers don't need to be shown or made because I usually walk away going, okay, that's nice. I didn't need to see that. This one, I actually walked away going like I'm actually intrigued. Um, who would like to go first? Talk about this. trailer, Ladies first. And then we'll go to Doug.
1: Well, have you watched the big three? Um, (laughs) I thought that the trailer was so much fun. I really liked it. Um, I have heard that they've released the name of the first episode. Don't know that I'm prepared for that.
0: I have not looked it up.
1: Oh, am I allowed to say it?
0: It's up to Doug. Go ahead. Uh, The name of the first episode
1: is like, rest in peace, Captain America.
0: Aww. Could mean anything. I was going to say, that seems like such a misdirect.
1: It could mean anything. Yeah. But okay it'll be very interesting to see how that goes um again this is just things i read on the internet guys like <laughs> please don't then you don't know, know it's
2: true it. you know it has
1: to be if it's there people don't lie on the internet uh, i'm fascinated i think that falcon and winter soldier are two really great characters that have never gotten the spotlight so i think it's gonna be a lot of fun
0: cool
2: uh, I was just informed tonight that the director in an interview revealed that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is taking place six months after the events of Endgame.
1: Oh. Which
2: means it's shortly after WandaVision. So what has happened in WandaVision has already happened, huh. and, uh, but it's still not necessarily our present and of course you know people are scurrying around figuring out the timeline with the spider-man films that are in the mcu right okay what should happen where and i feel so sorry for the uh marvel studios that they have all these fans it's like those incredible fans in galaxy quest who knows yes. absolutely every detail, and those poor actors—we just were doing what it said in the script, right? <laughs> but but then I, I'm very excited about this, and because I think that after *WandaVision* made us all think, <laughs> this one's just going to blow stuff up good.
1: Yes,
0: <laughs> so too. Exactly. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be one of those ones we're going to be cheering along through pretty much every episode. Where we're going to get that moment of just. fun Fun. like it's just gonna be fun i think i think that's something that marvel does really well though is they balance out the different emotions and the tones in their i was gonna say movies but they now have the shows and and they do a good job of like oh we had this really heavy movie let's throw ant-man in and you know like (laughs) (laughs) like i remember going to the first ant-man movie i'm like what is this i love it i thought i was gonna hate it you know like um and, and so i'm excited about this i I always am intrigued when you put in an unlikely pairing and it seems like there's this kind of back and forth of like, mm-hmm. we're going to tolerate each other. Like we're, we're going to, you know, this is not our first choice. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, there's so many cop movies, like old buddy cop movies where they're not buddies at the beginning, exactly, but by the end. Yeah. And I just, I think that's what we're going to get. I hope. And I think that's just going to be fun to watch. Cause that conflict is, is always hilarious. And, um, I, I, I'm surprised to say that I'm just as excited about this as I was about WandaVision. And if you'd asked me in let's say December or November, I'd be like, Oh, WandaVision next year. And then maybe Loki very close as my second thing. I'm really looking forward to on the, on the TV side. Um, but this is coming up there really quick. Definitely, yeah, and, and interesting.
2: You would say that because you, I'm sure you were at D23 when they announced these three projects, Yep. you know, Loki, uh, Falcon and the winter, uh, winter soldier. And, WandaVision and everybody kind of looked at each other was like WandaVision and then there's like soap operacy I mean uh, uh, old sitcom scenes yeah and so if this is what I'm saying if WandaVision which had probably the lowest expectations Mm -hmm. delivered this yeah imagine the next two I mean I I just I'm really looking forward to
0: them it's mind-boggling and and i think that's exactly what we have to look forward to and you can guarantee we'll be talking about it in the future um but we've run out of time for tonight so katie what should people do
1: go to dapsmagic.com, check out all of doug's wonderful articles about wandavision if you type in wandavision to the search bar you will get there um nice <laughs> so go read those there and subscribe to our mailing list so you don't miss anything in the future
0: and make sure you follow Doug on Twitter. Is really your your social media of choice, isn't it, Doug? I don't choose any social media anymore. Okay, well that's, I,
2: I am. You can see me on Twitter at, at @callDougMarsh.
0: That is right. So make sure to check out uh, Doug there, and we've also got his articles up everywhere. Yes, we on Depth uh, magic. That's where you want to go. That's look on dabs magic and on geek's corner every once in a while but uh, that is all the time we have for you this Thank week so we, so we will see you around, around, the, corner. around the corner bye